Welcome back to Coaches Exploring Clarity. Today, we're going to start with Chapter 10, Creativity and Disruptive Innovation. And it starts with a Richard Branson quote, you don't learn to walk by following rules. You learn by doing and by falling over. Which uh, the last two years I've been doing lots of falling over. <laughs> yeah, me too. To, to <laughs> learning to run a coaching practice and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, and the difference for me between I've done a lot of a hell of a lot of falling over. Um, and I guess the difference now I'm on this the clarity train is that falling over is not a problem mm. but it, without the Richard Branson quote is what I'm saying is that, that I do a hell of a lot of falling over and whereas it's the very falling over that previously has actually stopped me because oh, I don't want to do that again mm. don't want to hurt myself again don't want to but now it, it's a completely different sort of falling over yeah yeah so when I when I first read that I had I had remembered this memory of my son when he was a baby and he was just learning to stand up and stuff. So he he, he crawls over to the bookshelf and he kind of you know grabs the the each shelf as he kind of goes from being on his knees to his feet and then he's standing there and then he lets go and he's standing there Ooh. perfectly balanced and he looks over and he smiles at us and we're like oh my god he's standing he's standing and then he just then crumpled. <laughs> crumpled towards the bookshelf so he smashed his forehead right off the edge of one of the shelves and ended up with a giant bruise or whatever but it was like you know within minutes he was back at it <laughs> yeah. yeah doing it again and probably 24 hours later he could stand and balance himself no problem yeah and 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 i remember even jamie saying something about that sort of thing and it you know, at that age, so little, and you're starting to, to walk, you just don't even think about not getting up mm. and starting over. That's yeah. the, that was, that, I think when he said that, actually, that was kind of one of the starting turning points for me. And I thought, oh, right, of course you do. You just, you just do. You don't even think about whether it's a problem or it's not a problem or if you're yeah. hurting or if you're not hurting or you yeah. just do. Which indeed he actually at one point says, I don't know whether it's in this chapter or, or it, it's the the life just is mm. story. You know, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What what that speaks to me and your your son, Greg, is that he, he wasn't sitting on the floor thinking, I need to get my hand to the first rung and the second rung and the third rung to stand up. He was just Yeah, exactly. Just being, yeah. 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 Or worrying about falling over. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and even at that age, like uh you know, does he even know that it's his hand or that it's a shelf or <laughs> anything, right? Like who it's just very yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a great metaphor for um I guess encouraging us adults to just go for it <laughs> um, and have have nothing on it. Yeah, and it, it yeah, and that kind of connects up to us, you know how Jamie proceeds with that. You know, it just occurred to me when I was out for a walk in the woods. Mm. It, it, you know, I can sort of see a little boy. You know, like it kind of just occurred to him 
to put his hand up onto the next rung. Yeah. You know, and that, that's how it always, everything sort of proceeds in, in that kind of direction. And then it kind of occurred to him to straighten his knees, if you like. Mm. He was, because otherwise, if he didn't, he couldn't get up to the next, yeah. you know, shelf sort of thing. It just occurs to you and you just do it. Yeah. And and how we, we have to resort to showers, however pleasant they may be, of mm. course, anyway, but not always to everybody. Um, you know, we have to resort to things to, to get back to that sort of place. Yeah. You know, short, what is it? What is it that JB says? You know, it's either the shower or the um, just one of the three things he said: the sh- the shower on vacation, or you know, while while traveling to and from work. Yeah. You know, we we unfortunately we can't, we don't just just we just don't have it available immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a hack. So in- Yes, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's not as, as immediate as it used to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, but if it works, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah the, well, th- this chapter is so interesting for me because it, it's the, um, you know, it speaks to finding that inside friendly space and what are the activities where you get your best ideas, right? And that's the, the notion of the shower, the walk in the woods. Um, whatever it is for for different people but when you i often point my ask that question to my clients you know where where is it that you get your best ideas because there's there's if they can figure out what it is for them then they can use that as a hack when they need (laughs) when they're in need of an insight or or just finding a way to quiet themselves down is to you know that that becomes your go-to insight friendly space yeah um and like you said, Elena, it might mean taking multiple showers a day. <laughs> <laughs> Price of water these days. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm putting yeah. those putting those two things together when you take that opening sentence, uh, the Richard Branson quote, and then the whole notion of insight-friendly space and having ideas and aha moments. When you think about the the insights and the aha moments and and brilliant ideas. I think if we have in the back of our mind the reminder of the quote, because so often we have insights, ahas, and brilliant ideas, and we either ignore them, disregard them, don't do anything with them. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of to look at that and go, oh, maybe it's I can pay attention, or maybe I don't have to, or maybe I'll step through it. yeah, yeah, that's what putting those two things together kind of said that to me. Yeah. What occurred to me when you said that is, is once our intellect gets a hold of our insight, we we can talk ourselves out of what a great idea it was. <laughs> so well, so so well. <laughs> that's thank you. You put that more eloquently than I did, Greg. That's yeah. where I was going. Yeah. One of my clients, her her one of her insight friendly places was blow drying her hair. And uh, she said it's to the point where she'll be blow drying her hair and her husband hears the blow dryer going and he knows roughly it takes whatever, 20 minutes, whatever it is to for her to dry her hair. So if the blow dryer shuts off before the, that time has elapsed, he knows that she's about to, to run out of the bathroom and say, oh my God, I just had this great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so relate to that. Oh my god, I do. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and then and Jamie makes the the um the distinction that you know the known versus the unknown. Mm. Um and that kind of somehow connects up to me with what we've just been saying, because somehow this this kind of also a, a little or it seems that there is uh, for many of us a barrier um in actually getting first of all understanding that the in, in, that the unknown is an insight friendly space mm. but i think sometimes unknown can look like an insight unfriendly space exactly because of the nature of it being unknown mm -hmm. um and and I'm wondering if this kind of whether call it whether whether we call it ego mind or whatever it is or just personality or thought or something contaminated thought I don't know what to call it. There's a there could even be a very sort of in other terms like a deep belief that unknown is always scary, like always. Mm which would in in itself create a barrier to even allowing yourself to go and remember the last time we spoke spoken about just being open to the idea that possible yeah something is possible but it could be a barrier too and, and something that you know lynn said that like you just ignore it or you kind of pretend it's not there sort of thing yeah. and it's one of those things that again to get to at least as i see it to get to the unknown you do indeed need to have an awareness about it, which I think Jamie's making a marvellous job in the book in every single thing that he says, basically, in, in kind of pointing you in that direction one way or another with his words, with his quotes, with his, his own writing, his, his own experience that he shares. Because mm. um, it's kind of a big thing, I think, yeah. in all of this. Well, I think that the, the point in between the known and the unknown goes back to what I said just a minute ago about talking ourselves out of good ideas. It's like yeah. we take that insight, which is by definition unknown, and then we compare it to the known and then use the known to dismiss it as, but of course it doesn't match up because it, it, it's not coming from the known, it's coming from the unknown. Exactly. So, so it's by yeah. its very nature, it shouldn't match up with anything that we already yeah. know. But, yeah, exactly, and and therein is the paradox because automatically we work in the in what we do know. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it's the paradox there too is the I don't know I'll speak for myself but I tend to put so much emphasis or credit to knowing things like I've got to read all these books so I know more or I have to go to school to know more, and it's not that there isn't value to to that kind of knowledge, but. Yeah, um, don't tell your daughter that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> trust me, we've had that that discussion. What's this all for? But uh um, you know, the the it's just such a heavily weighted to this to what we know versus what what we insightfully know from reading this book and from experiencing ourselves is uh infinitely more leverage and power and possibility in the unknown. Um than in, in the known yeah and i mean but even unless, the, the unknown yeah, can just be yeah. looking at something we slightly differently like kind of, kind of going back to what you just referred to from last time is the open to the possibility that things may not actually be the the way with it, that we thought they were yeah yeah 
and it, and there's, there's something about I think being able to distinguish between I mean okay as I say it it sounds kind of obvious but it's sometimes when life gets hard and life gets foggy minded and life gets confusing and maybe a bit depressed even that there is kind of a confusion between the things that you can only know if you go on to a you know go to the library or go to do some course or go and go to university or go and do your studies or mm. learn about things and the the bit that we're actually talking about which is the is a more spiritual connection which is coming back to who we really are so that we can have the clarity and you know and, and that the peace and the happiness and the, the non-anxious state yeah. that we often that often learning actually creates for us mm-hmm. indeed but there is a distinction in each of their, their place on this earth. For sure. Something that's popping up for me, it's really weird. I'm just going to throw it out because I don't know where it's coming from. Um, I'm reading a book right now about artificial intelligence and what's, uh, and, and the use of in police cases. Um, and what's coming up for me right now is sort of the distinction between artificial intelligence and human beings. And the only thing that the AI can do is draw on data and facts. That's all it can do. It's trawling for data and facts. It can't discern. So if we talk about the known and the unknown, it can't go to anything unknown. It doesn't have the power to do that. It's it, it's only going on past and information and gathering, whereas we, as humans <laughs> have the capacity for both mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't really know where i'm going with that except that almost how brilliant is that mm-hmm. you know that we have this extra capacity that we're not always tapping into or we're not even aware we may not be aware of or taking time to recognize and to me that just seems pretty brilliant actually mm. that that's available yeah yeah, yeah. and well, another reason for us not to be out of a job elaine <laughs> <laughs> it won't put us out of a job yeah, yeah. And, and lynn you've just sparked you've just sparked another idea you know talking of crime identity um artificial intelligence and, and like human beings. There's a the other yeah. Street names and place names here in Italy are often, you know, named after people of fame. Mm. Um people of the any anything from from Giordano Bruno to, to Dante to um my street I live in was named after a a very big sociologist, I think and contributed to universities and development and all that kind of thing. And nearby, there's a street called um, uh, Lombroso Street. This this guy was, um, I think he was, um, I think he was an epistemologist as well, like Gregory Bateson, but he also worked in psychology and psychiatry and all sorts of things. And he developed this thing for the police force whereby he identified certain 
facial characteristic to the eventual possibility of that person being or not a criminal. Mm. And that, like, obviously it fell flat because people were getting stuck into prison all over the place just because they had a funny-shaped nose sort of thing or a, you know, a bit of a quirk in their mouths. People, apparently a lot of people got put into prison when they had a hair lip for some reason or other um, because it seemed to donate some mysterious characteristic that definitely would involve crime. I I don't know how that exactly was, but obviously I think he got struck off at the end of his days. I'm talking about the 1800s here. And... um, but again, how that, you know, total confusion about who we really are. Mm. And it's not your nose. Mm. Or your, which indeed is addressed in the next chapter, I know, but it just, it just come up yeah. here. You know, fascinating. Yeah. And how, yeah. how misguided we are one way or another, you know, by people who are, who have a name, who have a say in the world, who write articles or write books or write newspaper things or tell us whether Harry and Meghan are really going to split up or not and mm. did they hold hands and know that he didn't get a kiss and, and this kind of thing. I mean, it's just incredible, you know, how how how, how our mind, let's say, is easily, can easily be deviated from what is true. Mm. Uh, and what I'm thinking of, that's just taking my, that's going in all different directions. What I'm thinking about that is how how it can easily deviate us from what is true about ourselves and who we are and and how we look at and view other people back to your epidemiologist thinking people with hair lip are yeah. criminals. Um, and, and some of the, yeah, that's really interesting. a couple mm-hmm. things that, that jump out at me is from what you guys have been saying and one is the that we all have this capacity for insight and realization and that um we all have access to the source of fresh new perceptual uh reality like we we we're tapping into something bigger than ourselves and uh you know, you're what you just said, Elaine, about you know our mind deviating from the truth. It's like, yeah, but there's always the chance of having an insight that brings us back to what's real or true. Um, and then you're you're bringing up AI, Lynn. I was thinking about this last night because I, I saw some story somewhere about how AI had figured out that it can't access certain things because it needs to go through the "I'm not a robot." recapture thing so it's hiring people from fiverr or other sources so it can get and and everyone's like freaking out oh my god how's it doing this and i thought like okay well that's kind of cool but it's it's really like high school level genius because i thought you know like when you're underage you can't buy cigarettes or beer or whatever but you can go to the beer store and ask somebody who pulls up in the parking lot hey mister do you want to can you buy us beer yeah yeah and they you know, yeah. you, eventually you'll find somebody who says, yeah, sure. So it's like, 
it's to me it was just like oh i can relax i don't have to worry ai is taking over the world i just was like okay ai is now at like a teenager's level of genius <laughs> of figuring out how do i get beer when i'm not old enough to get beer that's what ai is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's brilliant um, i i don't know where you guys went went next to from went next from the known versus the unknown but what drew me was the, the paragraph uh, around Gregory Bates and the epidemiologist in this, the notion of clinging to a, the map of your habitual thinking in the face of overwhelming evidence that it was no longer fit for purpose. Mm -hmm. And that that's not even a whole sentence, it's only half the sentence, but and it entirely speaks volumes and where I where I started thinking about that is not only where, where I do that myself, but um, when when clients come to us with what they are struggling with up against is challenging them, it's essentially that. It's that they they keep going back to what they know and what they have been doing to fix a problem that that has created. And and it's just that constant um, circle, I guess, is, is what I saw. And then, of course, the next line, through fear, insecurity, and lack of clarity. And that takes us all the way back to the the, um, the quote, the Richard Branson quote, you learn by doing and by falling over. You know, if you walk up, if you walk through that habitual thinking and face the fear, the insecurity, and the lack of clarity, and you go back to the, mm, I have to learn by doing and falling over. I can't just stand here. Or like your post this week, Elaine, you know, you have to go through the door. We're not, we can't learn or, or get out of that habitual thinking by, by standing in front of the fear and security and the lack of clarity. So, yeah, just it's so cleverly keeps cycling back, which I think is, mm. is super interesting. I love, I love the map metaphor because it's so um, clear and obvious. Like if you have, you're in a city, but you have a map of a different city, that map is going to be useless to you to find your way around. And we, once you realize, oh, I have the wrong map in that context, we would easily discard it and get the right map. But in our, in our lives, we hang on, we cling on to our map in spite of knowing that it's the wrong map. But we're like, but I want this to be the right map, and but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. if we can help our clients see that, that just changing the, you know, their map can change everything for them. Yeah. Oh, you, you just absolutely reminded me of something there. I, that's funny. I moved um, to work and live in Boston from London. And when I lived, I learned to drive in London. And when I lived in London, I thought I had a pretty good sense of direction. Um, I knew where I was going and I figured my way around. And when I moved to Boston, I continually got lost because I couldn't understand the the grid system of that city. I just, I literally, to the point where I have had police escorts home from the airport. <laughs> I couldn't, and, and it didn't matter, and I'm not even joking, it didn't matter that I, I had that map somehow. I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't, it, it just, didn't make sense to me and I remember in, in our TCB thing when Jamie was talking about Boston and the cows and yeah. and everything and I, I just every time I see it I laugh and I think 
I bet if I go back now, I still won't care. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense because I kept going back to I, I I don't I must have obviously I kind of was working on how I knew to drive around cities. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know how to drive around that city. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. so I got lost. Yeah, and how? Yeah, the map. <laughs> the map made fourth grade. Yeah, how? I don't know. This might be a little bit off track, but. I'm just thinking about, you know, uh, how we, we, we try, strive to bring clarity for our, you know, so that our clients can have clarity about what they're doing and where they're going to sort of thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking how it's so true, how if you don't know where you are, you know, it's a fat lot of good. Even the most perfect map will get you. And how many times do I get furious? I mean, I could throw my iPhone out the window. I'm up in the car and I've set my Google map and it's going to give me directions. And this really annoying American voice speaks to me <laughs> in, 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 and says all the street names with a terrible accent, so much so that I don't even understand what which street name she's talking about because it's just nonsense. Yeah. And then sh she'll tell me to go in a either north or northwest or southeast or whatever. And I think, well, where the hell is north? Like, <laughs> where is it? Mm. Or, or, you know, I just look at the map and it gives me the little arrow points in that direction. Yeah. But I don't know which way I'm facing if mm. I look at the map. Yeah. So how do I know whether I go forwards or backwards if you get my drift or sideways yeah. or any other way? Yeah. I regularly get, but it's uh, indeed, you know, but thinking sort of, you know, as, as we get lost in life and, you know, on my uh, aim to help people start moving when they're stuck, but in what direction kind of thing, you know, it's certainly a great place to start to know exactly where you are, but more than anything, at least which direction are you facing in? Are you going to move, you know, towards something that has purpose, mission, something that looks real to you? Or are you going to move away from it? Mm. You know, and it's so important that very, very basic. Most of us, I think, or a lot of people live in <laughs> sort of oblivion, me included, when it comes to driving around, you know, like, but that's the starting place. Like, where are you now? And which way are you facing? Yeah. Getting your bearings is so important. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll join the group and, and share my experience of being lost completely. So I was in uh, Netherlands on a business trip, and we were in a city called Den Bosch, I think it was called. And I had to walk from the hotel to the office every day, which was only about a 15-minute walk if you knew where you were going. It took me at least 30 minutes every day because – I would get lost like this. I, I'm used to a very north, south, east, west grid layout kind of city where I live in Mississauga. And there it was more like a spider web. All these little short streets and curves and canals and bridges. And I don't think I took the same route once in the whole week that I was there. And I got lost every single time. And even with the phone, with the Google map, I remember, there was one time literally my hotel was like, if I just turned around, it was like right there. 
and I and I went off in the other direction and spent another half an hour wandering around trying to figure out where the hell I was. And of course, all the street names are in Dutch, so like I couldn't I couldn't navigate my way. I was I've never felt more like a a lost child. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it was so interesting. And then I was talking to a, a lady that I worked with who was from Belarus, and I don't know if this is historically true, but she said the cities are des- were designed to be confusing to um uh thwart invaders enemies mm. um coming yeah. in so yeah i'm like well that explains it <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm not the enemy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Anyway, let's wrap up chapter yeah 10. i'll read out yeah. the thought experiment we can talk about that for a minute or two and then move on so the thought experiment just like there's no way to unst- unstale a loaf of bread there's no way to freshen thinking that's past its use-by date. Fortunately, the principles behind clarity are like the baker's oven. There's always, They're always ready to produce fresh realizations as soon as it occurs to you that you won't find the answer in what you already know. Hmm. And for me, that that's I used to sit at my desk and grind away. I build some custom apps and stuff. And when I'm stuck on how to get something to work the way I want it to work, in the past, I would have sat at my desk for hours, iterating and grinding away and trying to figure it out. Now I go for a walk with the dog, or I take a shower, or I go have a nap. And almost like 100% reliability, an idea will come to me of what what to go explore and a, a possible way to solve that problem. So it's, uh, I don't have, like I know as soon as I'm stuck, I can just stop. I'm not going to get anywhere. And I go do something else. Go into my one of one of one of my insight friendly places, and sure enough, it almost every time works. Yeah, I totally get yeah. that. I have my little in, insight friendly space, which is out back of my house on the balcony, looking down into the 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 big sort of the bit of palazzo, so the 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 big courtyard that's below on the trees and the flowers and such like, and. As long as I, I, uh, I do just that. Um, it's, it's like, but it's a sort of a conscious thing. Like I'm not getting anywhere here. So I just li- literally, I can switch off completely. I don't sort of take it outside onto the balcony mm. with me. So I'll find an answer. Mm. I just consciously switch off and inevitably, I mean, it may not be the sort of million dollar answer to what I'm looking for, but something will come up. Every time, I would say 100%, mm. something will come up for me. And what I'm thinking there is oftentimes when that's happening and we go back to whatever it was we were stuck on or if we're dealing with a problem or trying to figure something out when we go back, it doesn't look like the same thing or, it, or it's often not even there. So mm. something else has come, we're like, oh, it's not even that thing. You don't even have to do that. Or, yeah, it's it's kind of moved on all, all by itself, which I I still find quite remarkable, actually. I'm like, well, that's a bit interesting, yeah. Mm. Didn't have to be <laughs> struggling with that after all, all that time. Yeah. 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 Are we good with that chapter? Yeah, that's a good place to, to close yeah. it.
Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.